Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. The one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mac. This is Shreddy Break, aka Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Hello and welcome to Broken But Glorious on BBGWrestling.com. I'm Chris Lappin. I'm delighted to be joined by the Extreme Seagull, Nick Davy. Good evening. <laughs> and your girlfriend's favorite podcaster, Lance Rivera. Hello. Hey, Everyone looks a good extreme seagull, don't they? Yes. <laughs> exactly, yeah. All more extreme that they've stayed up as well for another year in the Premier League. Yeah, I was I was very happy for you. Thank you. Kept coming up while I was watching United, I was like, oh, Nick's going to be absolutely buzzing. Yeah. <laughs> Which he is, even though the performance put me to sleep, but... <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter, does it? you got to go with that Jose Mourinho style. It doesn't matter as long as you win. The Edge Randy Orton starred as well, you could argue. <laughs> <laughs> when everyone, everyone all the, like a lot of United fans were moaning about our style of play when we were under Mourinho, and I was like, I don't care as long as we win. And then we stopped winning, and then I was like, mm, mm, yeah, no, in a bit, mate. Well, I'm, very, I'm very much United that there's, there's a style you need to play with United. There, there is, but I've always just thought, it, it doesn't matter as long as you win something. But we, we never won the league, did we? So, And then he started talking badly about the youngsters and then it was like oh right mate you've, you've pushed it a bit <laughs> far now uh. right so the horror show Extreme Rules took place on Sunday at the Performance Centre in Florida so should we start by breaking down the Wyatt's Swamp match can do yeah that yeah. sounds like a good place to start right. firstly was this a match no well, it's the um, it falls into the um, category that we've obviously been seeing of the um, cinematic matches. Um, how many are we up to now in WWE? Oh, seven or eight? Oh, I thought I thought it was only like five. Maybe six, seven. I'm trying to think. We had the money in the bank. I'm saying, if you, I'm just saying, if there was a match, what were the rules and how do you win? Oh, right. Okay. Um... I suppose it'd be like on the, the WWE games, you've got to win when the other person's incapacitated, you knocked them out. Um, like that swap yeah. match on um, 2K20. Mm. Oh, you hit them with a gravestone and then, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. I think that, I think out of all the cinematic matches they've done though, I think I do like this one a lot. One, because it had chaos, it had it, well, it was weird. It, it was funny. It was it was pretty much everything. But it also kind of had a bit of re- like a bit of storyline purpose to it as well, which was fantastic. So no, yeah, um, we did. I think we did what we predicted last week. It was a bit of graveyard match and a bit of the John Cena yeah, match yeah. mixed together. So and if we get through it, sandwich. yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, Strowman. Uh, Turned up through the swamp and White was sitting there in a rocking chair. All <laughs> um, suddenly went dark. White disappeared and Poundland, Harper and Rowan turned up. <laughs> I didn't even think about that when I was watching it, but yeah, yeah, it was. The guy in the white, the humble guy in the white top, which just that Poundland version of what Rowan definitely is. I was glad um, Rowan's dad didn't turn up. Yeah, I thought that later when the guy set on fire, I was like, oh, is it him? No. <laughs> yeah, so after he defeated Poundland, Harper and Rowan, um, he turned around and Strowman in a black mask was standing there with a shovel. That was scary as hell. That's quite cool. It's, a good, it's cool. a good horror trope, getting defeated by yourself, I think. Yeah. I like what? that. He I, I, reminded me very much of um, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker in uh, <laughs> Empire. Where he, where he cuts his head off and then it's him underneath the mask and you're like, whoa! Oh. <laughs> I never got that scene when I was little. It wasn't until I was in the teen- it was teenagers. I, was, I got it. That it. Vader could be him in the future. That's what it was all. I just didn't get it. I wasn't even little when it came out. So. <laughs> I always thought when I was little it was because it's like the the force is there going hinting, well, maybe you're related to this fella. 
Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's you. Mm-hmm. And then it's his dad. And you're like, oh. <laughs> makes sense, that. <laughs> I mean, people don't know Darth Vader's Luke Skywalker's dad at this point. It's their own It's their own fault. <laughs> Living uh, under a rock. When, was, when did it come out? It came out in the 70s. 80. No. Is it 80? I thought it was 79. 80 or 81. Seven, what's the name? I I'll, I'll look now. Hold on. I thought the first one was 79. Oh, 79. oh it's 1980. I thought, yeah, I thought, I'm sure it was 77, 80, and 83. Right. <laughs> right, so then, Strowman was loosely tied yeah. to a chair. Uh, I thought he was going to break out of that. He can tip over an ambulance, but he can't break out the chair. He's break the chair. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, sometimes think his, his strength is... Over. I always think his strength is... Uh, it's like Thank Thor, you. isn't it? It depends on the writer. Say, it's very inconsistent how strong he is. <laughs> and he seems, he seems to be super strong when he's hale, but he doesn't seem to have, be as strong as a face. So he must have like a, like the dark side force he must get from being a hale. Makes him extra strong. Uh, that Wyatt rambles on for about ten minutes about Bray him on drawn to be his monster again. Then somebody comes out of a huge snake. The snake bites him. Is that what I'm meant to get did. from it? I, yeah. I like that yeah. bit um, <laughs> because he kind of explained where um, that version of Bray Wyatt had gone, which I picked yeah, up on I... when I was watching it. Was that, was that a dig at? Awesome. Being the snake in the family. Oh, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Maybe. Yeah. I, I just, uh, what I took away from that mainly was where uh, Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt had gone. Because he was saying, like, um, I've been able to watch everything through my eyes, but I haven't been controlling what's going on. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's that's so cool. Like, oh, that's he's got vibe. the characters still carrying over. Mm-hmm. So that's what I took out of it was just simply um, that there were snakes at the uh, Wyatt compound. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find all the little well, dolls, legs and stuff scary? In the yes. It was terrifying. <laughs> were your kids scared watching it, Chris? Uh, no. This is you own Nick. It's not real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Still real to me, damn it. Me, damn it, yeah. <laughs> I know it's a bit later in the view, but I thought it was hilarious when Dolph shouted at Drew, Why won't you just die? Like he said, he did as wrestler, as wrestler as he used to. Like, Why won't you just die? With his I, I, I will be taking issue with this, and I will be suing Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> I've I've been shouting this at Rabid Riley for a good, good two years. Mm. <laughs> right, so next in this match, Strowman... Then woke up after being bit by a fire. Poundland Donovan Dijak, <laughs> He looked a bit like Donovan Dijak to me. Attacks him. Strowman throws him into the fire. He catches on fire as Strowman laughs at him. Yeah, I thought he was going to just boot him straight into the fire, but he kind of just mm. kicked him and he just lay there and then all of a sudden he was on fire. And I was like, oh. Yeah. How's that happened? I thought he was going to kick him into the fire pit. I think it would have been better if he was wearing a, a mask rather than seeing the guy's face. If he was, I don't, but I, I don't know if you can wear a plastic mask if you've got to get something fire. I mean, I don't... Thinking about it out loud. Yeah, I think it would be a bad idea, wouldn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, Put him in a favorite. welder's mask. Yeah. Or a, I was say a metal mask that would burn his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of those fabric masks, you could put one of them on, like... um. Like a actual flame-retarded mask. You can get them, I, oh, I yeah. believe. I think. I'm, maybe I'm just making things up. No, uh, no, no, you can. Because uh, I remember the fellas on my... The film I was in had them. Right, so that, and the next bit was... There's been a bit of discussion about whether it was Sister, Sister Abigail appearing as Alexa Bliss or was it Strowman imagining Alexa Bliss? Ooh. I think imagining. Oh, I don't know. Actually, I do. Oh, this so, here, I was thinking Sister Abigail, but isn't so Abby- Sister Abigail can no. take the forms of women? That could be a fun oh. way forward. So you don't just have one woman playing her. 
what if his sister Abigail appearing to him in the way that he most wants her to be seen? Yes. Yeah, like the most appealing way to to speak to whoever they're messing with. That's yeah, like that. yeah. And do you love the long-term booking of how they've booked this? From I'm sure when they're doing the mixed pass challenge, they had this in mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, so she says so she knows he's always wanted her. Yeah. <laughs> she says she knows that he's always wanted her and to come home and they can be together forever. Um, and Strowman seems to dra- be drawn towards the water and then wise taxing. Then it goes a bit um, hard, um, Matt Hardy compound with the boat and everything, of course. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I didn't really, I didn't really think about that. But I thought it was kind of weird when they, uh, they sent him off to, to sea for the boat then to do a full U-turn on it. Yeah. Do you think he got out of the boat, turned it round, and just sent <laughs> it back at you? Because I'm thinking if, you, if you're going to do something like that, you may as well like get back in the boat and like proper, proper go for it instead of just sending the boat back at him. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the ending's the bit I do really like because it went a bit once once they got to the boat and stuff so I kind of liked everything leading up to this and then I thought well this needs to be it where the rules are set <laughs> how, how do you win wasn't really a winner was the that's what I'm saying was it even a match it was, to me it was, it's just a long vignette to carry on I thought the, that yeah to, to carry on the feud a bit like the Street Profits that wasn't a match, really, was it? No, I, yeah, I see what you mean. I don't really think it was no. a match, to be honest. Now that, now that we actually think about it, uh, what I did, I did like the uh, uh, the actual end of the match where they were both in the water. I was really hoping a crocodile was going to come out. I heard they had real crocodiles on set, and I was like, oh, what, "Where's this real crocodile?" Yeah. Maybe they realised it was a bad idea. Well, yeah. You need Steve Irwin, God rest his soul. He's the only one who can control them. Or Arthur from Red Dead, Dead Redemption. <laughs> and um, Strowman raises and kicks Wyatt off the pier into the water. Wyatt disappears under the water. Strowman thinks it's over. We get the logo in the corner, so we think everything's over. And then suddenly Wyatt's hand emerges from the water. Pulls Strowman into the water with him. The water goes red, the fiend emerges. End scene. Scary. I quite I quite like that, uh, to be honest. I liked how um, Bray tried to get out of the water and something kind of dragged him back in. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I, don't, I don't think it was Braun who dragged him back in. I think it was probably the fiend. Yeah. What I like to think it was. No, yeah. definitely. Did the fiend look even more scary? Not like the mask, it looked even more like a horror creepy sort of mask. Yeah, look, I, I see what you mean, yeah, a little bit. I thought his uh, jaws started moving at one point. Yeah, whether we haven't actually just seen it for a while and it's just quite new again, but it yeah. just looked very... Um, well, I mean, to be fair, we haven't actually seen the thing since, what, WrestleMania? No, we haven't, have we? It's all, been, it's all wow. been normal Bray, I think, since then. Money in the Bank, it was normal Bray, I think it was. Yeah, it? normal it was Bray versus yeah. Braun. Then Bad Bray disappeared after the Money in the Bank because it was Miz and, Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, and then it went to, um, um, yeah, then it was Bray. Obviously, it was the original Bray. And now I imagine, obviously, at SummerSlam, it will be The Fiend. Yeah. Yeah, that makes it the means, most sense it, to me. It means we also get a ret- we get the return of The Clown! <laughs> the Clown! Ooh. <laughs> No, I, I loved this. Really enjoyed it. I think out of all of them, I think the Turk Mania were would be hard to beat. In all honesty, I think they were they were on almost a different bar. And I think the fact that they were the first cinematic matches, um, they would take some beating. But this was been the best one I think since WrestleMania out of all of the cinematic matches. Yeah, it was, lo- um, it was better. It was better than Cold Dream. It was better than the yeah, like Invaders Street Profits. Better than Money in the Bank. Um, I, I liked like when in the bank. bank was just silly. Yeah, well, I, I like the way they, 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 that was comedy. This was horror, and then we got yeah, <laughs> just, 
Okay, keep all the tea in. But... It's quite annoying we've got, we got an actual serious pay-per-view now because I want the more silly ones. <laughs> and they make like, summer sound like almost like too hot for time. Maybe, yeah, maybe it could be an Inferno, an inferno <laughs> match. Every match is an Inferno match. Yeah. They did that summer sound a few years ago, actually. It was Kane versus... It was Bray White's debut, wasn't it? Yeah. Ring of Fire match. <clears throat> which was horrendous. Oh, yeah. the, flames, the flames weren't very high at all. And, yeah. I'm struggling to remember that. Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> I remember it because uh, Bray's... Uh, Charles just kept falling down. Yeah, it really was. It was <laughs> such a great debut by Bray. And the character could have been amazing, but yeah, I feel like we're going to go into a circle here for like WWE's booking. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it would be good if they did a uh, a Ring of Fire match or Inferno match just to bring it full circle. I think they need to do something interesting with the Fiend versus Strowman, else it's just too unmovable objects beating the crap out of each other, and no, neither should. Can get hurt really the way they're both being booked. At the moment. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, there needs to be something the interesting. The, the feed just sits up after everything. Sorry, how it's being booked. So, and Braun, Braun's being booked super strong as well. So, so. so you, can't, you can't just have a straightforward one-on-one after how how it's being built. You can't go from a swap match to a normal match. It's a one-on-one pure wrestling match. Grapple, yeah, hold for hold. Rules. <laughs> catch, catch, can. <laughs> Round system. Yeah. World of Sport classic <laughs> match. <laughs> <laughs> two, two out of three falls. <laughs> Hi, this is Tonga, and you're listening to Broken for Glorious. All right, so we'll continue the review. Um, after the first round of a question of sports entertainment, so I'm question master this week. So excited, lads! I'm um, always excited. I want to keep hold of this crown now. I'm excited, but also cautious of what you've got in store for us. Um, and where have you got a master plan? Uh, Trying to find a piece of paper to write the scores down. On. <laughs> Anything I'm, I'm just yeah, going as, straight in for uh, it. I don't, I don't care uh, what it is. So, I'm going to win. <laughs> uh, um, Lance, you're a champion, are you? So do you want to go first yes. or second? Um, I think I will go. I'll go second. I'll let Nick go first. Okay, Nick. Let him set the pace, and I'll meet it. <laughs> I want you to name WCW champions who have wrestled at least one match on Raw. Uh, so, so, so WCW champions wrestled one match on Raw. Yes. Okay. How many is there? Lots. <laughs> Fair enough. Is it world? Is it world champion? Yes, the WCW yeah. world champion. Yeah. Okay, Nick. Um, oh, cool. sorry, me to start. I will go for um, Sting. Yes. He, he's um, only actually wrestled one on Raw, hasn't he? Yeah, it was horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to take The Rock. Yes. I will take Five Time! Five Time Champion! <laughs> I didn't expect yes. that. <laughs> I'm going to take The Giant Paul White, The Big Show. Yes. Okay. Uh, I will take Goldberg. Yeah. I am a real American. I fight for the rights of every man. I am Hulk Hogan. I will take him. Yeah. Okay. For real. I'll take Ric Flair. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the excellence of execution, Bret Hart. Yes. Um, Let's go. I think. He, I think he was champion at my one of my, my favorite ever WCW pay per view. Uh, I'm gonna go for um, DDP. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna go with Scott Steiner. Yes, five all. Well done. Oh, shot for <laughs> shot. <laughs> so is that only actually one WCW champion who hasn't wrestled on the? Is it Jeff Jarrett? 
It's just a follow-up. Oh, no, I know who it is. It's David Arquette. Oh, no, actually, is Arquette had a match from Raw? No, yes, he teamed with Alex Riley against... Uh, oh, my God, yeah, he does. Was it, is it Vince Russo? Yes. Uh, He's appeared uh, on Raw, but he's never actually had a match on Raw. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you're skeptical. So every, basically every WCW champion has appeared on Raw, but I thought I'd make it a bit more of a... Rather than say, main WCW champions. <laughs> So you could have also had it. Vader, Benoit, Jericho, Arquette, Jarris, Nash, Angle, Luke, uh, Savage, Simmons, and Sid Vicious. We could have gone for days, haven't we, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be another round later in the show. Five all. So Lance, you get to go first next time. So. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. This is the Dark Fruits Daddy, David Graham, and you are listening to Broken But Glorious. It's, it's time to continue on with the review. Nick, um, which match do you want to discuss next? Um, discuss as many as we can in the time allotted. Yeah, okay. Um, I guess um, for me, I like, um, yeah, I, I quite like the Bailey versus um, Nikki Cross match. Yes, I really enjoyed both the women's matches. But yeah, I love like both. Well, we can bash them both out in sorry that's probably not the right way we can probably discuss it um, a little bit um, sorry, we can discuss them both at the same time I should say I'm not getting away from that one um, so sorry let me start again so we can talk about both women matches right now not bash anything out um, um, so, um, I love you Nick Bailey versus Nikki Cross, great match. Sorry if there's anyone listening. Um, no, um, <laughs> to be honest though, um, I've, I've been saying it in the chat quite a bit. Um, I think with women's wrestling at the moment, I think that's actually carrying the product at the moment, especially Bailey and Sasha Banks. I think it's ba- Bailey and Sasha carrying both shows. Uh, they literally are. They literally are carrying both shows. I, I think across all three brands as well. I'm not going to forget about NXT as well. I think it's what's keeping me interested in WWE product. Um, the most, um, I think it's going to be quite honest. So I'm not going to try to slate the product where I can, but I think the women's division, well, focus on the positives. The women's division has been excellent, I think, since the behind closed door era, as we're going to call it. Um, mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed um, everything about the Bailey um, Nikki Cross. I've, I've kind of liked Nikki Cross in terms of her sort of, uh, sort of her sort of just mental behaviour, <laughs> the way she uh, like appears from, like in the crowd and stuff. Um, I think that's been quite a cool touch. Um, but yeah, just really invested in this match and it really delivered. It was a really entertaining match. Um, I think the whole time for me, I was going with the Alexa Bliss heel turn. I had a feeling was coming, especially with the sort of prep, the pre-match talk. It sort of reminded yeah. me when she did it kind of like a Survivor Series a few, a few years ago. And I just felt, oh, I'm seeing a bit of a heel bliss here for some reason. I know, I know she's motivating the faces up against the hills, but I still saw almost like it was a, a heel speech for some, mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, so I was waiting for the turn, but didn't get it. And it was um, but a great match. But yes, um, the ending wasn't a huge fan of. I felt it was a bit kind of. It was almost like they kind of they weren't very on the same page in terms of timings. It just felt a bit like, oh, okay, well, um, we'll both get off on the ropes. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Sasha just handed Bailey something, so she's going to whack cross in the stomach. It was a bit of a, yeah, yeah. a bit of a mess. I think a messy finish. From it. It didn't, it's the good sort of... probably um, got and paced that for most matches on this show. I thought. Well, somebody, I can't remember who said it. it was on the podcast I listened to it. it was NXT. Most of the matches were NXT standard in ring, but with WWE endings. Yeah, I think that's an absolute perfect way to describe that's, it. Um, that's quite good. Yeah. yeah. I think they hit the nail on the head so, there. Sorry, whoever said that. I don't, I just, I've listened to so many podcasts today, I can't remember which one said it. So. No, well, well, we'll, we'll steal the idea. No, fantastic. Um, fantastic. Uh, it's a good analogy. Yeah, definitely. Well, praise whoever said that. So it's um, it's spot on in my opinion, and um, yeah, I think it is a nail on the head there. NXT style match, WWE terrible booking. But as I say, whether it could have been a better finish, I just think as I say, whether there was a bit of miscommunication on timings or what have you, it just seemed like a very like they were, I don't know, it just seemed like a very sloppy timey finish. But um, I really hated the ending. But yeah, great match. Happy that Bailey's still champion. Um, but I hope, I hope they do keep Nikki Cross almost a, um, 
almost like going strong as a soloist. So whether they turn here and Bliss, so it'd be quite cool as well. Maybe even if, whenever we always turn, oh, Bliss is going to turn on Cross. Maybe if Cross turns on Bliss, like Cross just goes too berserk and Bliss mm. can't control her. And then, yeah, you have almost like an unstoppable heel and Nikki Cross and Bliss just continues being a baby face. Yeah, that definitely keeps her in the title scene, the, the way the way she's lost the match. So maybe going into SummerSlam, because I don't want them to do the Bailey Sasha. I, I, I think they could ble- keep this going until next year's WrestleMania to get them to fight and break up in front of a crowd. We'll have their blow-off match there. So maybe at SummerSlam we have Nikki Cross and Alexa in the triple threat match with Bailey, And then it's to keep Oscar and Sasha again. If, if they're gonna, if Sasha's going to keep the belts. We'll keep the belt hostage. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I've got to say, I wasn't a big fan of the finish to uh, Sasha and Asuka. No. How she she just whipped on the the referee shirt, counted the pin, and everyone just went, okay. There we go. I was surprised by um, Oscar's reaction, the way she's been so crazy and shouty for the last four months to be so quiet and not go berserk that a belt's been taken was a bit weird I thought yeah no it, it just doesn't it doesn't feel right to me it's, especially when they've come out on Raw and Stephanie McMahon's had to tell them that uh, she's not the champion yeah instead of Asuka coming out and kicking off <laughs> yeah that's, I've, not, I've not seen Raw yet but, but. It's pretty obvious he's not the champion. Even, even though it was a bit weird that the bell rung after she got shouted at, and then they played her music, what was it? Well, sure. Did, did, oh. Surely Alice should get out the and go, you, you're not the ref, how's the match finished? Get back in the ring so I can finish you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised the referee didn't stand up and go, well, hold on. I can't count anything. <laughs> It, just, so it, also, it, it felt really a, yeah. out of place and odd. And there's uh, been a bit of controversy about use, use of the mist spitting in someone's face <laughs> during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, no. Well, not doesn't learn, it make it even that. more deadly? Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know, some people are just criticised and saying it's just proves that WWE aren't taking it that seriously if they're well, booking yeah, people yeah. spitting in each other's faces yeah <laughs> it does it does it's not a good look is it let's be honest no <laughs> like when people are getting arrested for or getting cautioned for threatening to cough on people and then you go oh yeah no, you, you spit in her face it'll be alright <laughs> uh, not the best look Lance what match do you want to talk about next um, I quite enjoyed the eye for the eye match, even though I sat there knowing the fact that someone was somehow going to sort of lose an eye made me feel very uncomfortable. Mm. We surprised it was so wrestling match rather than just a brawl. I was, I was expecting more of a brawl rather than because it was a great wrestling match. I thought it was, it was really fun yeah. versus Ray match, which you expect. But then just with the odd, let's try to write, make your eye out. But I thought it I really, really cool. enjoyed it. So. Like, um, just the whole teasing of losing an eye as well, like where Seth hit his face on the edge of the, uh, the announce desk. Mm-hmm. I really, uh, I really enjoyed the whole, I just really enjoyed the whole match, to be honest. And the, when, when Ray went to take his eye as well, I sat there, just thought so uncomfortable. Makes me feel sick, really. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's a it's a really bad fear of mine, actually. Like losing your eye or, or something like that. Teeth as well, losing your teeth. I don't like. That. <laughs> I always feel more disgusting when Seth starts chucking up everywhere. And again, yeah. then, there's a bloody pandemic on. What are you? Throwing <laughs> up everywhere. Yeah. Really, yeah, was going to cry at one point. Which, like, oh, it's horrible. I'm disgusting arena right now. Who's going to clean it up? I think they're doing it. They probably won't even give it a deep clean. Probably. Make Seth do it. They'll probably send Seth to clean it up. I think they could have done the the eye bit a bit better at the end. I think I think we want to see an eye in the ring. 
Are they even? <laughs> they could have just done a blood catch-all and him just holding lots of blood would have looked better than the that, yeah. ball with a black dot on it. <laughs> Oh, they could have. They fought backstage and then do a pre-recorded thing. I don't think I know they should have done. They shouldn't have done a bloody eye for an eye match. That would probably be a better show. Not if you not if you won't like go all the way with it and show us something bit gruesome. (laughs) Could have done the old Terry Funk gimmick, where he'd cut above his eye and then he'd be bleeding. Yeah, and then he'd be like, "Ah, my eye, my eye, I'm blind." Like he did it, um, he, he used to do it all the time, but the, the one that sticks out to me is the one where he, it was him and Tommy Dreamer against Edge and Mick Foley. Yeah. And he, he, he's on about going blind and not being able to see. And his screams are horrible. They are, <laughs> went through me as it when I was younger. Really, really horrible. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think the they did have some creative. It just makes. Yeah, they had some creative ideas trying to get the eye on it. They used like the legs of chairs and they had a toolbox, they had a pen and they used the corner of the announce table and stuff. But just... I like the kendo stick, how he split it in half. Yeah, and he was driving it into Seth's eye. That was sick. Oh. <laughs> I don't like stabbing it. It's just the whole... <laughs> when, um, when he put the um, kendo stick in the corner and he went to ram Ray's head into it, <laughs> And mm. he dodged it like the Matrix. I I popped really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I just it, think they could have... They could have done something a bit more goofier, I think. And... So it has, It's just a weird concept, and I think the two of them did the best they could with it. Yeah. Did you... Do you think they could have left it for a couple of weeks before saying that Ray's okay? It was the next scene, it was like... Um, Interview boss, can't remember her name. I think it's probably straight away stand outside going, Oh, as long as his optical nerves not severed, then he'll be fine. I feel like you could have left it at least till Raw. At least at least till the night after to be like, Hey, he hadn't lost his eyes, alright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean, yeah, definitely. Because you, you're not going to just pop his eye back in, are you? Well, I say that, but Vader did it. Yeah, well, I'm sure he popped it back in and then went to the hospital and they fixed it properly or did something to it. He doesn't... He doesn't I don't know. I, in all honesty, I don't have a clue how <laughs> severed eye works. And I, hopefully I will never have to find out. Mm. <laughs> that is something... Oh, no, the whole idea, the idea of losing your eye, just, oh, God. It's, it's it's a nightmare that it's like you know like when you have a dream and you're like your teeth are falling out or something mad like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have dreams. Oh, it's horrible. I don't. Oh. <laughs> uh, next, we've got. Uh, should we go for the WWE Championship? Ziggler versus McIntyre. What do you think of the stipulation? I thought it was quite creative. I quite enjoyed it. I thought I thought that it was more creative than just a straight up TLC match, like it was being rumored. Apparently that was a fan mock-up that just went viral. I've heard since. Oh, that that's, that makes more sense, to be fair. Yeah. I thought it was quite interesting. I think they worked the gimmick well as well. Yeah, I, thought, I, I, was, I think this was maybe my favourite match of the night. I think it didn't go, didn't go too long. It was only 15 minutes. And it was just yeah. action, action, action. The finish just, came out of The whole match is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> just don't tune up the band if you go super kick. Just kick him. <laughs> it has never served me well. <laughs> it usually doesn't end well when you see me in the corner stomping my foot. Yeah. So I, I can I can agree with that. Yeah, just yeah. Doesn't just, make just sense to let your let let your opponent know that you're about to kick him. It's like when Bandy Orson punches the floor for the uh, RKO. You're like, no. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I think they worked. They used the the stipulation really well. I loved, I loved how the whole match. Drew just wanted to hit him with some one of the weapons. 
but then, yeah. then realised he needed to get disqualified. I still wanted Tom to win, I also wanted Otis to cash in the end as well. So I was hoping it happened. Well, we've got next month as well. Uh, we've got SummerSlam as Ziggler has a rematch. Does he? Is that, I've not seen one. Uh, wow. So yeah, oh, sorry, I'm ruining it for you, aren't I? I'm oh, no, fine. I don't watch it. So. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, no, he's um, he said that he can have a rematch, but Drew's picking a stipulation this time. Uh. So it's a uh, Dolph Ziggler with his hands tied behind his back match. <laughs> <laughs> No one ever picks that, do they? Just like, you're right, your, your hands are tied behind your back, you, you've got to stand there. You're not allowed to move or you get disqualified. That's my stipulation. Yeah. They could have, do you remember, oh, I don't know if you were at that wrestle on the show, it was Gino Ramsey versus, it was sort of right to fight Demon Eye, and Demon Eye was making up the rules as the match was going on. So it was, oh, yeah. Yeah, another one. So you're, you're against Azizel. And then halfway through, it was like, but now it's no disqualification on Zizel. And then Abaddon came to the ring, now it's a two on one. And then he could have, because he was making um, rules up, he could have, yeah. he could have just <laughs> put more and more steps on top of it, like, now you're not allowed to use the Claymore, and now you're not. <laughs> but, See, that would be smart, wouldn't it, if you just did that? It's like um, the William Regal uh, Queensbury rules match, where he just yes. kept going. Yes. Um, <laughs> And now you're not allowed to pin me. <laughs> and if you do pin me, it's a five count, not a three count. Yeah, I think it just made Dolph look really daft that he had everything. He could have done anything, and he still lost much. It just it makes me sad. I'm such <laughs> a big fan of his. It makes me so sad. No, I, I, I wasn't a huge fan, I'll be honest, of, of Drew mm. versus Dolph. Um, I, it's... <laughs> Like, I mean, I, what, I just can't, in, I'm not invested in the Dolph Ziggler, like, I'm just not invested in the storyline, it feels so rushed, so put together. And Ziggler's done... only won, 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 won one match all year. Since you said that talk. last week, yeah, since you said that last week, that you know, any interest I had, I've completely lost all interest <laughs> in it. I get they, they, they need to obviously freshen it up, but I, I do feel... I want it. I really want them to keep the belt on Drew at least until live crowds come back because he deserves it. Obviously, going back to WrestleMania, but this annoyingly, this title run I've not got on board with. Just simply, I think it's suffered with no fans um, being in the audience. I really feel like it's suffered. Um, There's been, and it it was always going to be the case. Some storylines are always going to be absolutely flawless without it, and it might have even aided them. There's going to be some. There's going to be some storylines that were going to struggle. And um, I do feel Drew has struggled without the audience there. Uh, I think he, I think with, with Drew, to be fair, I think he was doing so well with the face turn back in January when he was getting himself over with the three-two-one yeah. Claymore kick. I think as he was on such a buzz from all of that, it couldn't have come at such a worse time for someone. And like I say, I, I don't want them to take something to take the belt from him. I really want them to keep him strong, as strong until the crowd until crowds walk back in. Um, which hopefully will be sooner rather than later. Obviously, a lot of positive news coming out of the vaccines and what have you, and and general improvement on the on the virus. Um, so I do hope that um, they will keep faith with Drew for now, and when crowds do come back, he will still be the champion. But yeah, I didn't get involved, didn't get invested in the match, um, didn't really enjoy the feud as a whole. Uh, as I say, I don't know who they'll put in front of him next. Rest of the I was actually trying to work it out. I don't know who's left on Raw for him to. To really face. I mean, they brought Bloody Dolph from SmackDown to, to fill out this feud, so I had no idea what they would do for his for his next match. Maybe Seth again? Um, I'd like... Uh, would would the Ziggler obviously do a get triple any threat? I was going to say you could do a triple threat with Seth and KO. Yeah. Not well, shout. well, Dolph is definitely going to be facing him at, at least SummerSlam. That's the next, mm-hmm. that's the next show in it, and he's got his rematch. Yeah. So that that'll continue on for a bit longer. Whether if they go past SummerSlam or not, they could just stretch, keep stretching out and just keep having him lose. Another step he could have picked. He could have picked it to be a two on one him and Rude against. So he brought Rude over at the same time, didn't he? Yeah, but we've seen so many two on one matches, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. I, I it was unique when they brought that whole idea came back, and then they just kept doing it, and I was like, oh, I'm so oh yeah. 
I'm just thinking well, in, in kayfabe, if you bring your mate in, I'll make an Extreme Rules match. <laughs> I think it's, it make, yeah, if, you're if not going to lose that, are you? If Rude got the pin, then he then still Dolph becomes champion. <laughs> That's the I, I, I like Drew as champion, but Dolph Ziggler's my guy, so I kind of just hope I hope he, um, he wins. I kind of just hope he wins, just for, just for me, <laughs> really. It, it, it feels like supporting a team like Accrington Stanley or something mad like that. Like, you're in League 2, you're sat at the bottom. You just want them to win. <laughs> Maybe like Swansea, because sometimes they get promoted and then you feel good about yourself. And then, like, because when he wins the Intercontinental title, you're like, oh, yes, here we go. Doing something. Oh, no. No, he's lost it again. <sighs> One uh, day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this is the last match. Um, Cesaro and Nakamura defeated the New Day, the tables match. I thought this was a great, a really fun opener. The What's ending it? to that match, oh my God. <laughs> That was I, insane. <laughs> I loved it. Great opening to a show. Loved the match. Um, but you know what's going to happen here. I've already said in the chat. I'm just really not invested in, well, the, the SmackDowns, or well, in fact, probably both divisions, tag team divisions. I think as David has been so poorly doing it, and this is year, this has been taken over for years. Every time I get my hopes up, then, oh, they're finally sorted out. They're going to give tag team division a bit of a, a run, and they're actually going to look after their tag team talent. They're actually going to make me invest in it. And then, give up on it and uh, so whilst I did enjoy the match great opening to the show which I'll say opening the show is very very key um, with all that audience this was great but I just if I look at the bigger picture I'm not excited about it. I don't really know what's going to happen going forward they don't have enough tag teams to support two titles at the moment I don't think well that's it I just was there a revival in the good, the good Brothers going so, yeah, feels, uh, what feels the hell's like happened to the bloody um, the, the, the Forgotten Sons? I was actually quite enjoying them when they debuted as well on SmackDown. Oh, well, one of them went on a racist tirade in the on Twitter. Oh, big, the big one on the outside. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, I didn't hear about that. I remember KO had a. Well, so, I bet it's either a racist tirade or a homophobic tirade. I can't remember which one it was. No, using himself to get over. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's horrible. Yeah, and um, Heavy Machinery haven't been on telly since early June. Well, Otis hasn't been on SmackDown since June the 8th, apparently. So, so I'm getting tested. He's kind of <laughs> disappeared, hasn't he? I, I was thinking this before that Otis has just disappeared. I think they try, it makes sense if he's just out of sight, out of mind. So when he cashes in, it'll just be a ah, ah, huge pop. I'd agree if there was any fans, though. But yeah. Unless he's one of the 30 people who've got COVID, like um, Apollo Crews, as reportedly got. Oh, potentially. But you, I've been seeing him on Instagram with Mandy Rose. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. maybe they just don't want him there. Maybe they've given him the, the briefcase and gone, oh, uh, Dolph's going to Raw. Uh, good luck, mate. <laughs> You know, like when they give someone something and they just don't know what to do with it afterwards. That's why I'm just, I'm hoping it is just that's what we keep they keep them out of mind. So when he does cash in, it'll be such a shock that we forgot about him, and it will it'll be. I'll, I'll be planning. I'll be planning. To, I'll be planning to have fans back on the Raw after SummerSlam. I hope they're hoping that's going to be. I've heard that today. So that's, you could, a, that's a bit of a weird timing, isn't it? The roar after SummerSlam, not just, why not go straight in with SummerSlam? Well, yeah. I don't that, know. It's, 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 it's such, like a, really such a big event. Time. Not enough time. But you just hold it in a smaller place, don't you? If you can just hold it in the same place as Raw. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I, I feel awful for Nick now. Mm. Well, so what was that? The Raw's that's going to be the first live show is the Raw after that's, SummerSlam. That's, I think that's what they're hoping. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but I think the I'd hold off a few more weeks, just as you say. I mean, it would be a bit pointless doing that. But not for me. Obviously, it's all fine. So I've already rearranged for next year. Mm-hmm. But I think they should be holding off maybe another few weeks. Yeah. So overall thoughts on the show? I 
I quite enjoyed it to be honest. I thought it was I thought it was a solid show. Yeah, I liked it. It was it was, it was fun. I thought it was, I think the as half the sh- matches had dodgy endings, but and I'm still yeah, I'm still I'm convinced it wasn't a match. It was a vignette of the Swamp match. Yeah, because really he had, he had no finish to carry on story. Had no rules. At least say no rules. No referee. At least that like, John Cena match. He still got. Did he get pinned at the end, or he got choked out at the end? I can't remember. But there was an end to the match. Yeah, <laughs> there was a referee there as well. It was a it was a buried alive match. It's established how you win a match if you're gonna call it a match. Yeah. Yeah, because it even said in the uh, in the top left hand corner that it said hashtag swamp match. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I really loved it. It's much better than back. I mean, it couldn't be much worse than backlash, but um, <laughs> no. But I, I do feel whilst I am focusing on the, it was a good show. It was certainly a watchable show. Loved the cinematic mm. main events. I do feel though the um, I do feel it is uh, getting to a point where I think they they are crying for fans to come back in. I think it's mm-hmm. um, definitely. I, I do. It, I think. I mean, all, in all fairness, they've done well to stretch it out this long. I, I was thinking they were just going to call it off, like I think, and just go like we're just going to um, have a break, which might not be the worst thing. But um, fair play to them for sticking at it, for providing entertainment week in, week out. As much as we love to state the product, it is great for those who are suffering with all sorts, and it's a nice way for them to escape to watch their wrestling each week. So I think we do. I think it is good that them and AEW as well do. Do um, do provide the weekly shows, but yeah, I think I think especially with WWE, whilst AEW I think has done superb, I think with WWE they you know, they had to do three shows each week and they're still stuck out. So I, I do recommend, I do take my hat off to them for doing three shows, but I think it is taking their toll on on just on how much they can really do, and mm-hmm. I think as soon as they can get audience back, it'll be a great it'll be a great night, and I'm sure as well. Hopefully, with the absence of the fans, when the fans can go back, the atmosphere and the drive will just be through the roof. So, yeah, this whole thing, right. yeah, it could be positive to come out of the end of the tunnel. And, and, and that, could, for, that could be for all sports. Yeah, and I hope they go, they stick to the at least these smaller pay per views, the two and a half to three hours formats worked really well. I thought. I've written, I, that, um, I, yeah, I don't want to go back to watching four hour things. No, I'm quite happy with the length of pay per views as well. I've been thinking this. Because yeah. um, when I've been watching them, I've noticed that they are more con- con- condensed, mm-hmm. and it, you you have less filler matches. If that, yeah, if that makes I think sense. there's like only six matches. six matches on this. I think. Yeah, if it, it feels like the right amount. Mm. Like I watch it and I think to myself, I don't need any more than this. Like yeah. if you if they wanted to have a longer longer match on there, there is room for it. Like with um, Edge and Randy Orton, I I wouldn't mind longer matches as well. If you wanted to stretch out the time, but I don't need any more matches than six, unless it's WrestleMania, really, or SummerSlam. I'd say, I'd say the, sort of the the big four. I I don't mind watching four hour, four and a half hour big four show, but you yeah. can't, I can't watch every month what four and a half five hours pay per views when half the matches are nothing matches. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you just end up with random things, don't you? Yeah, and if you have fewer matches, then you can um, pad out the storyline a bit more, and so you don't have to have. They can go from one pay per view, miss the next pay per view, and go to the next. So you've got a two month story or something. Well, it has to be condensed to a four week period, and they have less matches between the same people. They have less pay per view matches. Yeah, you're able to tell more. You're able to focus more on your main stories that you want to tell mm-hmm. than, oh yeah, random A is facing random B because he said he didn't like his shoes or something. <laughs> and it means you can actually put, you get more invested into these stories. Yes. Like this, this one with Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins has been going on for months. Yeah. Been going on since. Just after Money in the Bank, yeah, and you still and still got Kevin Owens floating yeah. around that storyline as well. And that's been going on since yeah. before Christmas. Can we also take a second just to realise how bad of a year Rey Mysterio has had? He got choked out by Shayna Baszler. Yeah, 
thrown off a roof by Baron Corbin <laughs> and now had um, one of his eyes removed by Seth Rollins. Oh, blinded by Seth Rollins first. And then, and oh, you... yeah. Then then the same eye pulled out. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar his son as well. Oh, yeah. He's, he's had a hell of a time this year. <laughs> this 2020 summed up for us all, really. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the, actually back on that match, I did really like the detail of how he had the white contact lens in his eye. Mm-hmm. I really, I... Yeah, it's very, um, Shake the Snake back when they did the blindfold match. When he got arrogant spraying his face by the model, he just said he yeah. had two white lenses in, and like, that's not how, basically, <laughs> what that would happen. <laughs> but, but it kayfabe in the wrestling world, that's what happens when you go blind, you get a white eye. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was a nice visual and it just was like, oh yeah, he has actually got something going on underneath mm-hmm. the eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got the fake eyeball from as well. He gave it to him. Like, how did he get it passed to him? And then I realised that they're, they're um, pre-recording everything, so they probably just cut away, gave him yeah. the eye and went, here yeah. This is the leader of the rejected demon eye. You are listening to Broken But Glorious. <laughs> So it's time for the final of a question of sports entertainment. It's currently five all. So Lance, you're first. So I want you to name, keeping with the extreme theme. So name WWF hardcore title holders. No, sorry. Name wrestlers who held the WWF hardcore title for ten days or longer in a single run. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go straight with the king of the hardcore title and Crash Holly. Yes. Um, ten days or more? Mm-hmm. Um, Raven? Yes. I've got one as well, The Undertaker. Yes. I thought you were going to say no, then I really panicked. I was like, I was so confident in my answer. <laughs> Um, I'm just trying to delete them as you you say them to me, so I think. Kane? Yes. I I, want to say Al Snow. Yes. Oh, thank God for that. Steve Blackman? Yes. Did man mankind hold it for more than ten days? He did. Yeah. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> this is tense. This. Who was that? Who? Sorry. Mankind. mankind. Um, Bradshaw. Yes. I know he already held on SmackDown. Shut your mouth. So. <laughs> That's when nine he had the cowboy hat. Oh, yeah. Hardcore. <laughs> Yes. Oh, oh you got 10 out of 10. Oh. Right, so take it to Sun Death. Yes. Oh, going into Sun Death. It's 10 all. Matt Hardy. No! Oh, so for oh. the win, Nick. Uh, uh, Jeff Hardy. Yes! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> Congratulations, Nick. <laughs> He's my bogey team. I hate you. So much. We Eleven. <laughs> I hate you. Have had a big Boss Man, Big Show, Billy Good, Bob Harley, Gerald Briscoe, Goldust Maven, Michael Orson, Rhino, Road Dog, Stevie Richards, or Test. So congratulations, Nick. Lance, your question, question master next week. I'm not here next week, so I don't know how you're going to do this. But, yeah. <laughs> we'll do a quiz where I'll have all the answers and you can just guess and I'll get them right every time. <laughs> It'll be a quiz like, what's Lance's favourite tights to wear? <laughs> we established this in the week. Is it pink? Oh, it's oh yeah, it's pink. <laughs> this is Disciple, and you're watching 
and listening to Broken But Glorious Wrestling Podcast. Alright, so it's time for the BBG Big Debate. So last week's question was best horror-themed match. In the last place was me. The Chamber of Horrors. It's in the cycle. But the winner... Nobody was... likes watching a man get electrocuted, though. <laughs> yeah, the winner was Lance. Hell in the Cell. So congratulations, Lance. I was champ champ till... Till mm. about 30 seconds ago. <laughs> right, so Lance, what were you debating this week? So uh, I thought it would be good to shine a light on one of the uh, most unspoken uh, jobs in wrestling, and it is as a, uh, a manager. And I wanted to Ooh. discuss who is everyone. Who is the best manager in professional wrestling? Okay. Right, so I go first. So I've gone for Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, he was the master of get, drawing heat from the fans and from his opponents, uh, well, his wrestlers' opponents on the outside of the ring. Um, he managed some of the greatest WWE superstars in the Heaton family, like Rick Rude, Big John Studd, Paul Orndorff, and outside WWE managed AWA world champion Nick Balkwinkle. Um, he was kind of the main antagonist to Hulk Hogan in the 80s. And then, even when he brought in like Andre the Giant into his family just to go up against him, also won a WrestleMania three. And then he and him was superb at cutting promos, and he kind of felt sorry for the, the opponents who had to go up against and try and try and outwit him, and it just never worked. So yeah, Bobby Heenan's the truly managerial icon of WWE, and he's magic. Nick? Rightio, I'm going to go for ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman and I'm the one behind the one in 21 and 1. <laughs> um, he's the best speaker though in WWE in wrestling history in my opinion. Is Heyman, he a manager? Is he an yeah. advocate? He's the advocate for... <laughs> Different job title. <laughs> well, well, you didn't specify. Is it general manager or manager for a wrestler? Carry on. brought Lesnar's manager. Did, he worked wonders of Lesnar. Um, <laughs> everywhere, everybody's gone these days. That night, he all joking aside, though. Obviously, the way he can put his wrestler over is incredible. The way he can put over anything boring is brilliant. He can put over anything, in my opinion, in wrestling. He could um. He could probably cut over the edge awesome, Matt. Axel Rose. Axel. Axel. He he seemed a bit special when he was with him for that short period. I always liked them two together. I won't lie. I thought I really did believe in Curtis Axel. (laughs) Sorry for ruining your flow, Nick. (laughs) No, no, not at all. No, just um, (laughs) great great wrestler. uh, so a great, a great manager, um, one of the best speakers in the industry. Um, so I'm just going to try and wrap it up because obviously we've got. Okay. Lance. Oh, for me! Wow. How how can I overlook one person? I've gone for one of the most successful British managers in the history of British wrestling. Mm-hmm. Managed uh, the <coughs> likes of Crater. Matt Fox, Jackson Clare, and myself, Lance Rivera. Uh, I've gone for the sensational Stacey Rose, uh, someone who is able to draw so much heat. It used to give me uh, headaches. <laughs> Anytime she'd try and speak when we were trying to cut promos on a show, we got booed, booed until we couldn't even hear ourselves think. I have seen this woman try to do segments on shows where she's meant to have her own talk show. Yeah. That lasted all of two shows. And she got booed so much, <laughs> we couldn't continue. No. Aww. She draws so much heat, it is unbelievable. And her, she has the, the biggest wrestling bitch face I have ever seen. <laughs> the face that says, do not approach me, or I will kill you. 
And I'll tell you what, if Paul Heyman's got a resting bitch face, I'd like to see it because I don't think it will ever compete with Stacey Rose. <laughs> I think right. we I think it's an easy pick there. And you have to go for the social Stacey Rose. Mainly because she is my manager. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so there's your choices. It's Bobby Healing, Paul Heyman, and Stacey Rose. So Wednesday after uh, Wednesday lunchtime, I'll put a poll up on Twitter, BBG Wrestling. And the winner gets picked next week for base. So uh, before we go, uh, Alex, do you got any t-shirts you need to shill? Yeah. My my t-shirts are still being shilled at uh, Lunch of Era dot big, uh, Dykes of Era twelve at bighotel dot com. Okay, and this Friday I'll be releasing my interview with the Ultimate Diva Tonga. Um, following week I'll have an interview with Tommy Jackson. And if you enjoy our show. Follow us on Twitter at BBG Wrestling and check out our website, bbgwrestling.com. Good night. Good night. Good night.